This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join us to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. Joining me, as always, from across the pond, eight time zones away, uh, staying up balls, balls late at night. Please welcome Mr. Usuf Wally. How's it going, brother? Uh, I really, I really like this intro. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Eight, eight time zones, eight or nine time zones away. That sounds awesome. It's it's love it. crazy that we can actually sit down and do this, and I love it. I love it. this. Is just the, the you know one of the many ways where we see the the marvel of the modern times. Yeah. No. True. And and to be able to get to you know and and for people who've been listening for a while, they they know you know I, I started the podcast because I wanted to talk to like minded people, and I wanted to you know put myself out there and and, and meet new people. And never would have thought that, you know, we'd be making friends halfway around the world, you know, just based off of one thing that we love so much. You know what I mean? And then and then getting to oh, know yeah, each other and everything exactly like that. So it's it's yeah. awesome that we can actually sit down and do this. And, you know, we were uh, not going to go into detail, but we, you and I were talking before recording about how we're going to up the, the value a little bit, the production value a little bit, mm-hmm. um, make, it, make it sound a little bit better. So the quality, yeah. Always up for upgrades, man. If you're not upgrading, what are you doing? So... Uh, exactly. Thank thank you guys for joining us this week. We've got a little bit to talk about. We apologize there was no episode uh, last week. That we had some communication errors and some issues uh, going on between here and there, which is another one of the things we got to put up with. Which is another Yeah, we, we had the pros, and now we've got the cons, yeah. So, uh, but we're here now, and, uh, you know, we really didn't miss a whole lot last week. There was no news, uh, per se, last week, which I guess kind of the saving grace of not having an episode. But this week, we've got a big piece of news to talk about. Before we get to it, I uh, wanted to let you guys know about patreon.com slash 1138productions. You guys can go there uh, to show some love for the podcast, help keep the show going, show some love. Uh, every week when there is a Star Wars television show going on Disney+, Plus, you'll find full episode reactions there. Uh, right now, if you guys really want to waste two hours of your life, there is a holiday special reaction on there. I sat down and gritted through all 110 glorious <laughs> minutes of this thing and uh, gave my thoughts. And, and you guys are more than welcome to come join me on that journey. Uh, that is free of charge. Nobody, you don't have to donate anything to watch that. I, I put that out there for everybody. If I'm going to suffer through it, I welcome everybody to suffer through it with me. Um, but every week we're going to be putting up full uh, episode reactions. So when Obi Wan starts next month, oh, it feels good saying that, doesn't it? When Obi Wan starts next month, uh, we'll be doing uh, episode reactions, which we're getting three episodes. Not not to get derailed here, but we're getting three episodes within a week. I don't know if you realize that. Uh, we're getting two episodes on the Friday during celebration. We're getting the first two episodes, yeah, the and then the very next Wednesday, right five days later, we get episode three. So within five days, we get the whole, like the whole first half of the series. So yeah, it's wow. it's going to be fun, and we're going to be putting up full reactions for that. 
and coming soon, we are going to be sitting down and watching. I finally bought it on Blu-ray. I've wanted it for years. Uh, I got the despecialized edition of the classic trilogy, so the theatrical versions on Blu-ray. And uh, we'll be sitting down and putting those reactions up as well. Uh, you guys can also visit 1138productions.com. Uh, there you can find timelines for the Canon timeline, the Legends timeline. It is fully armed and operational now. You can find this podcast and the Marvel cast as well. And uh, a link to all the YouTube videos, everything like that. Uh, also check out 1138 Gaming. I've been pretty busy on 1138 Gaming doing uh, the Lego Skywalker Saga. Uh, game's a blast. You just got it, didn't you, Yusuf? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, what do you, what do you think of it I so far? It, I started going through it's really fun. So I, it took, it's still, still taking me a while to get back into uh, Lego mode. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sort of, uh, every now and then I get really distracted and go off on like a little <laughs> It's easy to do. At any level. It's so incredibly easy. And I'm just starting to explore. And I'm like, oh, so I did all of this just to realize that at the end of this little trail I found, I can use this, I can only use this kind of droid. And I still haven't like unlocked C3PO yet um, <laughs> as a protocol droid. And I'm like, crap, okay, I got to go back all the way and then finish. I'm like, okay, okay, why not just blaze through the story and then eventually I'll have whatever character I want. Yeah. And I'll just switch through them. And so I keep doing this like three or four different times. <laughs> you know, like within, <laughs> yeah, within each city. It's, so I, it takes, it's taken me ages to get through anything. So I'm just worried that I'm going to burn myself out of this game because there's still like nine, other, well, eight other oh, it's games, crazy. You know, films that i got to go through. It's crazy. And it's incredibly fun. I love the dialogue. It, I love oh, it. God, I yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, I... It, it's crazy how big the game is. There's, <laughs> I know how everybody feels about the Last Jedi. I get it. I totally get it. But the Lego version of Last Jedi is gold. I know you haven't gotten to that part yet, have you yet, Usif? Have you gotten? I saw. There? I saw. No, no, I haven't. Okay. I saw a few pieces, not just from what you so, were you were you were going through, you, but some other <laughs> stuff on YouTube. It's incredible. There's, I, I, I laughed my ass off because uh, at the very beginning of Episode Eight, you know how for the first time in Star Wars, somebody made a your mom joke. Poe Dameron said yeah. something about Hux's mother, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, the Lego version of it is pure gold. It, we see Poe Dameron, he's drawing something, and he's like, all right, that should be about do it, and he shoves it into this, like, email slot on the X-Wing, and you hear this do 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 as it gets transmitted to like the, the start. Yeah. yeah, and uh, this big, like, dot printer, like, dot printer paper stream this ream of paper comes out and they're like oh message from sir and hugs picks it up and he's like staring at it and you don't see what's on the paper and his first officer whoever it was pops up behind him is like oh the likeness is very uncanny sir how is your mother by the way and i'm just like oh my god i want to know what he drew it never showed what he drew i just i can only imagine so uh no the game's a blast and you said it's easy to get lost it really is because I was trying to unlock Dr. Evison in the Moss Eisley Cantina, and he's got Ponda Baba with him, who's missing his arm, right? To unlock right. him, he says, I need you to find somebody. That's quite unique. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he says, I need you to find somebody who has an arm and who can put the arm on my buddy, so get after it. And I'm just like, geez, I don't even know where to start. So you have to go to, let me think for a second, you have to go to uh, Naboo and Kashyyyk, to get these, or no, I'm sorry. First, you have to go to Echo Base on Hoth, find the two one B medic droid. He says, "Yeah, I can do it, but I need these parts." Then you have to go to Naboo, find like ten parts. Then you have to go to uh, Kashyyyk and find an arm, and then you have to go to Jakku and get some more parts, and then you got to bring it all back to Tatooine to give to them to to make Ponda Baba's arm. And I'm just like, it was ridiculous how big the quest was. 
you know, and a lot of back and forth, back and forth in this game. And, I mean, you're all over the galaxy. So it's it's an absolute mind-bogglingly huge game um, and totally worth... It feels really free, but... It oh, it does. really free. That's so cool about it. Like, it feels free. And, and you know, even and it's a Lego game. That's what's yeah, amazing. It's Lego. a Lego game. If it wasn't a Lego game, it's supposed to be silly. It's, it's supposed, supposed to be, to be right. So free but once so you get past so all the silly stuff, it's just an open world Star Wars game. And, exactly. And it's, it's really crazy. Grand. Yeah, it's there. massive. So, uh, full points to uh, the, the developer that did this game. I'm really wanting some other genres or some other franchises now with games this big. I really want like a Lord of the Rings Middle Earth game like this. Just massive. So, oh, wow. But, yeah, it's an absolute blast. So, on 1138 Gaming, we've been hitting that pretty hard. Um, I'm not showing the 100%ing of the game on 1138 because there are some people that are tuning in to watch who haven't bought the game yet, and I don't want to ruin all the side missions for them by 100%ing it on stream. And if we do it, we're going to be streaming this thing for a year trying to get it done. So, um, <laughs> here before long, I'm probably going to... handle. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to cap it off here before long uh, and just 100% it on my own. Uh, and go back to Horizon Zero Dawn. But definitely tune in on Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and hang out with me for a little while while we uh, try to 100% some of these games. So uh, I think that's all the housekeeping, isn't it? I do believe. So, guys, uh, new canon this week. So we didn't have an episode last week. So this is the new canon that came out, I guess you could say, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Not last week, but the week before. Uh, we had Star Wars and Darth Vader, both issues number 22, come out. Um, and we didn't have anything come out in this past week. There was no new canon, no new comics, nothing that came out in this in this last week. Um, upcoming canon for next week on Wednesday, we're getting Crimson Rain number four. Uh, that's a five-issue run, so we have one more issue of that. And I'm holding off on reading the Crimson Rain stuff until I get the entire timeline, because it's the sequel timeline. It's the sequel um, series to War of the Bounty Hunters. So I'm kind of wanting to just sit down and read it all at once. Um, but, yeah, that's what we got uh, coming up next week. So uh, enough about upcoming canon, new can- a new canon, everything like that. News this week. You know, last week I said or I said last week we didn't have any news. This week we do. We had a little nugget drop in the last few days, uh, something really exciting. We were talking about gaming quite a bit. Usof, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Lucasfilm Games has announced a new video game coming. Uh, from the creators of the Uncharted series. Yeah, so there's a lot of the people who are on the team for Uncharted. I who worked um, yeah. in Naughty Dog, who worked on Uncharted specifically. They're going to be working on a Star Wars game. And it's confirmed. These guys are on, on right. the team now. And, and from what I've understood, this is the, uh, I guess, kind of what... Remember we had that that open world game that they were working on, what, three years ago? That kind of got mm-hmm. shit-canned. Um, I guess this is kind of a revamped, evolved version of that game. And so they basically took it off the shelf, dusted it off, reworked some things, and basically said, we're, we're going to run with this and go ahead and come out with it. So they had footage of this game out. They had test footage out for it. Um, and, and kind of what it looked like in-engine and everything like that. It's gorgeous. It's, abs- it's, a, it's a gorgeous game just from the alpha. Now, it's not even, it's pre-alpha footage that they put out. Gorgeous. Uh, I, I've never played any of the Uncharted games. I know that's crazy. I've never done it. I've got the Nathan Drake collection on the PlayStation. I'm planning on going through them. Uh, uh, but I but I know people I don't, who I don't love Uncharted. 
there's a lot of games I don't say like I I will rarely say this next bit, but I will for the Uncharted games. You're missing out. You oh, know, I, I know. It's not I a statement which I say often or for many things in general, even films and shows and games. You know, because you're missing out because there's so much media, especially in the coming years, that's going to come out that it's so difficult sometimes to catch up with them. So you got to stay focused right. sort of on your own line and because we all got jobs and we all study and we all do other stuff that we're doing as well. It's hard to keep up. You know, it's hard to keep up. So, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't think you ought to go all the way back because there's just so much material for other media looking forward. Yeah. But it, yeah, you're missing out just a little bit because uh, Uncharted has another, it adds, it adds another dimension or another taste for games, in my opinion, because I loved it so much. Yeah. And uh, the culmination with Uncharted 4, ah, that was so, so, so good. So good. My, um... um... So, um, Skydance New Media is specifically, you know, the firm or the group, which is going to be working um, with Lucasfilm. And they're really good at narrative, because the the great thing about Uncharted was the narrative. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was just how you followed Nathan Drake. So anybody who's 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 following up, uh, who has done Uncharted, who uh, who's listening to this, you will be you you'll agree with me when I say that really we liked Nathan Drake a lot and we were enjoying being him during these games. If they can bring that same soul of the game in the Star Wars game, it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm not necessarily so keen on the way Uncharted as a world you got to play through because it was kind of linear. Mm. It wasn't an open world. But uh, I'm not too keen on that because I love open worlds so much. Right. However, um, Fallen Order was quite linear. So, oh, yeah. you know, it followed that same, you know, Fallen Order, the way it was linear, how linear it was and how the story went through and how you progressed through there, that was very Uncharted. It was very, very Uncharted. But Uncharted oh, okay. just has a lot more detail. Yeah, yeah. So Uncharted just have a lot more detail, a lot more Easter eggs, a um, bunch of hidden stuff and collectibles and things like that in the middle. Um and uh, it it was really really cool when you when you actually found you, them on your own, mm-hmm. but then you'd have to eventually just pull out a guide and search for them because Uncharted became eventually really really huge. But the action shots in Uncharted, yeah, they were. I mean, even Uncharted two and three, which weren't even PS four, they were like PS two, I think. Maybe maybe I think Uncharted three was PS three. I can't remember now, but um, they those action shots were even bigger than the ones in Fallen Order, and that was a PS four game. You know what I mean? Like, that was, that was, yeah, that's how good the real director was, man. Seriously, that's how good it is. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't mean to go too, too, too much and too, too deep into this, but. No, yeah, no, I, absolutely. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this. And now, how many I'm games is this, this in, yeah. how many games is this in production now? Is it eight? I think this is eight yeah, video games, eight wow. Star Wars video games that are in production right now. Um, wow. it, I mean, it's ridiculous. I, and, and that's counting the non canon stuff, like the Knights of the Old Republic remake. You know, we've we've got that coming also, but there's I mean Jedi Fallen Order two, which whatever that title is going to end up being, but yeah, there's the the Ubisoft game. We've got the the quantum. Yeah, what is it? The Quantum Ubisoft, Dream. Though. That's to be fully open world. Apparently. Yeah, so. the Quantum. Uh, was it Quantum Dream or Quantum? What is it? I don't. Anyway, the, the same people that did like Detroit Become Human, they're doing a Star Wars game. Yeah. You know, I mean it's it's ridiculous well, actually it's i think it's back to seven because when we said seven last time which is why i was saying eight now is because lego skywalker wasn't out yet but now it's out so i think we're back to seven ah right so yeah it's it's crazy uh what we have to look forward to and then and by taking that exclusive license away from ea and saying you know we're, we're gonna put it out there i mean 
they've got more video games in production right now. They've already announced how many, you know, eight video, seven video, uh, video games right now. We have one film slated. <laughs> like, why can we not do this with films? Marvel's pumping out how many movies a year? You know, and how many do they have going all at once in the TV shows and everything like this? Why are we not doing this with Star Wars? Why do we not have three Star Wars movies a year? I I, I just, if we ever got to that point, I'd lose my mind. But anyway, uh, so new video game's been announced. Uh, no window yet on when that's going to be released. Uh, I'm guessing it's, they just announced it, so... I'm guessing somewhere in 2023, uh, if it stays on track. Um, yeah, probably around like Christmas 23, maybe probably holiday. Yeah, so um, stay tuned. That's just my initial bet. There's nothing. I'm not oh yeah. Anything other than the fact that from initial announcement to actual first look is going to be at least a year. And then, oh yeah, you know. yeah, easily. Um, and then there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I didn't have it in the show notes, but I I, I just remembered this. Uh, Usuf, I don't know if you saw it, um, but last within the last couple of days, some official promo art for the Obi Wan Kenobi series dropped. Did you see this? Uh, no. You, okay. I don't think that, that somewhere they they couldn't find the source for the store, but I guess there was a store somewhere that put up some promotional stuff in a toy aisle in a, in a super in, a, in, a, in their uh, toy department. And they don't have the toys out yet, but this promo art had the Whoa, Obi-Wan logo on it. Awesome. Yeah. And it had Obi-Wan's face, and then it had Vader's face on the other side. And in between, there was this, uh, it was like a, kind of like a, not a concept art, but like a an artist rendition of Obi-Wan and Vader having a lightsaber battle. And I'm, I'm losing my proverbial shit over this, because I, I, I knew they were going to face off, but now having it confirmed... And, and wondering how it's going to go down and what are they going to say to each other. And you know what I mean? Like, we, we know they're both going to survive. We know that because of A New Hope. We know they survive. But what context is it going to, like, how much differently now is that battle going to be in A New Hope when we see them fight? You know, it's going to change the context of that, knowing that they had faced off one other time in between films. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It looks awesome. Oh, you, you found it? Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. gorgeous. So I'm, I, I, I can't wait. I didn't know if you had seen it yet or not. Um, I don't remember seeing anything in the chat about it for eleven for the eleven thirty eight guys. But no, no, we haven't. Nobody, nobody mentioned this because I was looking at it. But this, this looks awesome. Oh, it's gorgeous, isn't it? I, oh god, I can't wait. So I uh, wanted to throw that in there too. Definitely want to talk. Looks, looks really awesome here. In this oh, it does. And any chance we get to talk about the Obi Wan series, I'm. All for it. I I'm yeah, so it, yeah. excited for it. Uh, and then also speaking of Obi Wan, uh, what what magazine was it? Was it Film or what? What was the? Let me look real quick. I thought I had it pulled up, but I don't. Let me. Yeah, it was uh, Total Film know. Magazine. They have two covers that they have uh, released for their upcoming issue. Uh, one of them is a new shot of Obi Wan that we haven't seen before, and then the other shot. Is of it's simply Obi Wan's lightsaber hilt, and they are gorgeous as well. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And this picture of Obi Wan that they got on the on the cover of Total Film, you can tell it's you and McGregor, but they have really gone through lengths to bridge that gap between the Episode Three Obi Wan and Episode Four episode with four, with the yeah, Alec Guinness. Yeah, they've really bridged that gap. It looks really good so i'm i I can't wait for this this series i'm oh god i'm so dude next month can't come soon enough (laughs) 
not even playing. I'm just I want it now. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so Obi Wan, uh, the 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 covers look gorgeous. Guy, uh, let's let's get into the villain bracket, man. Uh, so two weeks ago we did uh, a villain bracket. It was Jango Fett versus Zuckus. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Yep. Uh, you guys spoke. You guys voted on our polls on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. You let us know how you guys felt, and uh, I think everybody kind of assumed this was going to be the outcome, but Jango Fett won by a landslide. Uh, it was like 92% to 8%. I mean, it was an absolute landslide. Um, so Jango Fett won that particular bracket. Now, this bracket, Usa, if you want to explain a little bit about uh, what this bracket is and uh, um, yeah, sure. what we're doing uh, with it. So initially, I mean, I think if anybody's been listening to the previous episodes, you're probably tired of me going so deep into this. But I, <laughs> I, I really am a huge fan of um, of villains. I think that uh, the better the villain, the better the story. And uh, there is no hero without a villain. There is no saga without having, um, you know, uh, both sides, the protagonist and the antagonist. And what's even cooler is when the antagonist isn't necessarily evil in conventional terms. They're just trying to harness power in the way they see fit. Um, but yeah, anyways, here in Star Wars, the reason why I really fell in love with it since a young age and then stuck with it even when I got older and uh, was, you know, more aware of, of different storytelling techniques and whatever it is that I was getting into, what interest me like, was because of the villain. So here we thought, you know, what would be a cool and engaging way to do this? Let's think about, you know, all the villains in Star Wars, all the major villains. Let's gather those up and really figure out who is a collective favorite villain or coolest villain. So we're not talking about which one necessarily win the fight. We're not talking about which one is particularly on screen and therefore won more duels or has more powerful gear or whatever. You know, we're talking about which one is your favorite. Which one do you think is best? Which one is cooler? You know, um, so this is uh, what, you know, we, we decided to divide them into, into categories um, so that we don't just have random, you know, uh, people from different categories facing off of other categories just yet. We're going to do that at a later stage. So the categories which we have divided into, you know, we've finished, we've just finished off for first category, uh, General Assholes, <laughs> which uh, we came out with, uh, which we came out with uh, Jabba um, and Sebulba and Hondo out mm -hmm. of that bracket. So they won their respective duels. Uh, so we came out those three. And we have our next, you know, this bracket, which we're dealing with is the Bounty Hunters slash Enforcers. Uh, so later on, we also have other categories such as um, military figures, which includes the likes of uh, Tarkin and General Hux and General Grievous and Captain Phasma, Moff Gideon, Thrawn, uh, Director Krennic, uh, and a few others. Um, there's miscellaneous force users. Uh, and then there will be Sith Lords as well. And uh, so the thing is that we're trying to... You know, I, I know people will automatically think, oh, well, there's a certain direction that this is going to end up in. Well, this is not the point. The point is to really try to see and improve on our own Star Wars knowledge. We got to take a look at these characters. So I'm hoping that, for example, you know, Brian just mentioned that Jango Fett came up against Zuckus. So everybody knows who, well, most people who watch Star Wars, probably 99% people watch Star Wars <laughs> understand who Jango go, Fett yeah. is. Yeah. But then I, I think it's the other way around when it comes to Zuckus. Barely 10% or 20% of people will even care who Zuckus is. So hopefully you actually looked him up. Hopefully you actually Googled him. And try to understand a little bit more about him. 
Kind of like how in the general assholes category we came up, uh, we had the Sabulba come up against the uh, Newt Gunray. And mm-hmm. I actually voted for Newt Gunray. But the thing is that, you know, when Newt, um, when you look at him, he's, you know, just, oh, he's just in episode one. He's barely like, he seems so like powerless or whatever, just like a fumbling, you know, whatever, bumbling sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With this weird accent and stuff, and it's not going off his way and bad <laughs> graphics and stuff. That's really not the point. You shouldn't be looking at it. You should be looking at what you know, you think he has done in the story. If you've seen Clone Wars, you've seen how evil these guys are. They're funding an entire galactic war. And they're doing this because, you know, they, they can do so much and they're working really, really hard at it and creating, like, all these different trade routes. And this is really heavy economic stuff here. I never expected Clone Wars to give me such economic value when I was looking at this kind of stuff, uh, when I was looking just at a TV show like this. But yeah, so this is uh, this is one of the things that we're we're trying to get out of this. You know, uh, we're looking at all these different characters, learning more and more about Star Wars, finding little avenues and tangents for us to go off and find other stuff that we like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, here we are in the bounty hunters and enforcers uh, category. We got a few droids. We got uh, we still got Greedo and Boba Fett and uh, Fennec Shan, Cad Bane, uh, Black Chrysanthemum, the Wookiee, um, Valance, uh, Bosk, Dengar. But the yeah, and uh, three other droids: IG Eleven, IG Eighty Eight, and Forlom, or Four LOM. However you want to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever read that in a novel or comic book somewhere and then doesn't necessarily know who that is. Um, yeah. So uh, Brian, do you want to kick us off with the with the wheel? So we do actually do this randomly. We, we're not, we do. We're not just choosing this. I it was, yeah. yeah. I was like I was telling you before we started recording um, last week. Uh, my father-in-law was sitting up here with me, and he was sitting next to me up here at the booth, and he looked over and saw, oh, you actually, you actually have a wheel. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were just doing a sound effect. We're like, no, I've actually got a wheel pulled up. We're randomly choosing these bounty hunters. So uh, you guys can probably hear it, but, yeah, we, we actually have a wheel going. So uh, let's see who the first one's going to be this week. And who's it going to be? Ooh, Valance. Valance is our first uh, first one this cool. week. And yeah, everybody's everybody seems pretty happy about that. And then uh, let's do it one more time. Let's see who Valance is going up against. I'm excited because I like Valance a lot. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, we're doing Valance up against Boba Fett himself. <laughs> nice. Uh, so we're going to have to see how that one's going to go. Uh Usa, if you want to, I don't think he needs much of an introduction, but you want to tell everybody a little bit about Boba Fett? So we know who uh, Jango Fett is because he is the blueprint of the clones that, you know, were in the Clone Wars. He was a renowned bounty hunter, strong, you know, um, a real big saga with the Mandalorians as well. Really cool background. Boba Fett is um, when Jango Fett made one major request um you know in order for him to be um turned into like this army being 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 the the blueprint for for this clone army he wanted an unaltered clone for him, of himself completely unaltered just the same as him so basically uh, oh and without any uh, growth uh boosters or anything like that right so thing is that he wanted a son Basically. And, was, and, and no inhibitor cool chip. Me, <laughs> no inhibitor chip. Yeah, no inhibitor chip. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely unaltered. Yeah. Nothing. So nothing to improve the senses, nothing to improve the muscle mass, nothing to the reflexes, no inhibitor chip, nothing. Just untouched. 
you know. So, yeah, he just wanted a son of himself, you know, someone that was exactly like him that he could raise to be even better than he was. And Boba Fett, of course, he lived in a different era than Jango did. Mm-hmm. And having to face off with the fact that Jango got decapitated. Right. You know, in front of him when he was a kid. And then you get to see some of that. You know, he wanted some revenge, actually, the little tyke later on in Clone Wars and stuff in the, in the show. And then um, we see him now in the show in The Mandalorian. We see him all grown up and um, finding his way through the galaxy, looking at uh, how he's doing um, on Tatooine. He's gone back there trying to, you know, get even uh, get even more power and try to cement his own legacy in the, for the future. Kind of changing thing. his ways a little bit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about Valance? I can. I love Valance as a character. Uh, so Valance is a bounty hunter that was first introduced in Legends. Uh, he was a cybernetic bounty hunter, uh, kind of, I mean, think, God, uh, think Terminator with half his face ripped off. Uh, and, and so he was brought into canon because of how badass he is. So we'll talk about the canon version of him since that's the version going up against canon Boba Fett. Uh, in canon, uh, Valens started off as an Imperial pilot. Uh, he actually knew Han Solo while he was in the, uh, while he was in the Empire uh, Valance was in a horrible TIE fighter crash. Han is actually the one that saved his life. And he was so disfigured that they had to add these cybernetic enhancements to him. And, and he just, the more and more that he added to himself, the less and less human he has become. He still sees himself as human. Uh, but he gets blown up in like every other episode or every other issue of the comics that he's in and has to like self repair. But he's a badass. Um, and he, he was on a crew that was hired to take out a smuggler, and he didn't know anything about who the smuggler was. And when he found out it was Han Solo and Chewbacca, he couldn't take the shot, and he decided to help Han by turning on his crew. And something happened. The shot still got fired past Chewie or something, and they looked up and saw Valance, and Han thought Valance took the shot at him. And just trying to say, I saved your life. Why, you know? And so Han thinks he's betrayed him. He never has. Um, in the War of the Bounty Hunters comic arc between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Valance is teamed up with Boba Fett, which is weird that we're talking about them going against each other. Uh, but he's teamed up with Boba Fett. He teamed up with Dengar for a while, too, trying to rescue Han Solo on behalf of the Rebel Alliance because he feels like he owes Han Solo his life. He feels like he owes him this debt. Uh, Valance is an awesome character. Uh, and honest to God, for me personally, he's probably the one I'm going to vote for this week. Um, even over Boba Fett, I really love Valance as a character. That is really cool. That I, is really cool to hear. I really love Valance as a character. Um, the 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 bounty hunter comic itself, I'm not a massive fan of, but Valance is the shining light in that thing. He is the the diamond hiding in the turd, if you know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> no, he he. I mean, he really is. He is really a cool character, and to see him brought well, from really legends. Cool. Yeah, to see him to make the jump from Legends into Canon was so cool, and I was so excited to see that. So uh, that's Valance for you. Uh, I don't want to say he's got a heart of gold because he can still be a dick, but uh, <laughs> well, he's a bounty hunter. He's but he's a bounty hunter, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I really like Valance as a character, and like I said, that's probably so, who I'm going to end up voting for. So we see, we see Boba Fett. Technically, we're introduced to Boba Fett even before Jango Fett because obviously Boba Fett started out. Even uh, in the in the in the prequel trilogy, uh, sorry, excuse me, um, in the original trilogy, um, right? Boba Fett turns uh, into a bounty hunter for Darth Vader himself. He's got a he's got a sort of one on one relationship. He speaks to Darth Vader personally and stuff, and he talks to him like, "What are we doing? Who, who am I tracking down?" and so on. 
and he's one of the people hunting down Han Solo. Right. Um, but uh, and so we see Boba Fett in many different mediums. We've seen him in the films. We've seen him in the Mandalorian TV show more recently. We've seen him in comic books and novels and Clone Wars and um, yeah. So where else do we see Vance other than the comics? Oh, so far that's it. So far, so far he is so only got, in the comics. Um, yeah. I hope you can uh, if you've got a favorite issue, post that in the comments as well. That would be awesome because I I've read up just a little bit about him while I was doing uh, some research on all the characters in general. But yeah, I wanna I wanna check out a few issues for him. Oh, he's so, that would be so great, cool actually, for he's me and the so followers. badass. He and, and like I said, he's really got this. Uh, he is a really he's really a whoever hires me. Well, I shouldn't even say that because he has a moral code. Mm. Um, mm, okay, but it's just I don't know. He's he's so badass. I love him. I, he's so much cooler, Boba Fett, in my opinion. He really is. So uh, wow, that, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, plus I'm I'm kind of oversaturated with Boba Fett at this point. You know, we've had a lot of exposure to him, and it's like, okay, cool, enough of him for now. And, you know, and so Valance coming in as a new face for me, and like you know, not I shouldn't say a new face, but a refreshing reintroduction to a character I already knew from Legends. Um, so to see him make the jump is, is really cool. So that is your guys' You know, I was actually going to do something. I, I was worried that Boba Fett would come up against a few other. I was worried for Boba Fett because if he had come up against a few other these bounty hunters, oh, yeah. it was going to be, for me, I was going to be, oh, for sure, I'm knocking him down because I don't know Vance that well. And that's one of the great things about this this kind of ranking and this kind of brackets that we're doing because I don't even know a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. It's great for me to learn more about them. But yeah, as you just said, it's a little bit of saturation here with Boba Fett because I'm seeing to him a, a little bit more of him lately. Yeah, and I gotta say, I'm not liking everything I'm seeing. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, I I basically saw what I wanted to of Boba Fett in the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, and it was him escaping the Sarlacc. Right. That was about it. That was all I really cared about, you know. But. Uh, I, I, it is what it is. That that grand entrance that they did for Boba Fett, anyway, in the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, it was uh, great. That was awesome with the armor, and then him putting the yeah. armor on, just zooming up out of there, and then joining in the fight. That was awesome. Honest to God, had they not done the Book of Boba Fett series at all, and had just mm-hmm. had him as like a supporting character in Mandalorian, and had him explain how he got out of the Sarlacc, and just showed all that flashback stuff in Mandalorian to see how he got out, I'd have been perfectly happy with it. I would have been, I, right. I would have been perfectly satisfied. I they could have given him a couple of episodes. In they, that, yeah, just like they gave Mando a couple of episodes in Book of Boba Fett. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, for me, it's hands down balance. I'm going to say that. So, uh, that is your guys's bracket for this week. So go over to our YouTube channel if if you're not already there. Uh, go to the community tab. You guys can find the poll there. You guys can vote. You guys can also vote at our uh, on our uh, Twitter. Uh, page and you guys can also vote on Facebook. You can vote all three times if you'd like. You just have to go to all three places to do it. Uh, and the links for all three of those polls will be in the description of this podcast. So uh, look below and you'll know where to go. Uh, this week, mailbag questions. We've got four really good, uh, great questions and it's a lot of sequel talk. We are really talking about the sequels this week. Uh, we've got four good questions. How do you get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? It's easy. You simply email us at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit 1138productions.com slash contact. You can send us a message from there. Make sure to put in the topic that it is for the Star Wars Canon Podcast, uh, and we'll go through each week and pick a few out. This week, like I said, we've got four really good questions. Uh, so what do you say we just get right into these? Yep, yep, yep. Let's do it. I'm excited. 
Question number one this week comes from Bronson Gray. And Bronson says, hey, Brian and Yusuf, hope you're having a great week. What would you change about the sequel trilogy to make it work? Leave the films as they are, but change details. Keep up the great work. I'm going to let you start on this, Anusif, because I know you like the sequels a little more than I do. <laughs> um, first off, we really like the questions tonight. And, um, yeah, so we're going to be talking sequel trilogy. You see, it's not that I particularly like the sequel trilogy. I just like it more than you do. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so here's what here's what I'm going to try to do for real, because I want to try personally. This is on my personal level. You, you don't have to do this, but because I know it's difficult as well for us to detach the rhetoric around the films from just the films themselves, from face value and the story in them. So I'll try to do that uh, and not talk so much oh, about this director did this and this screenwriter did that. You know right. what I mean? I'll try to focus a little bit on the films themselves and the events in them. So first things first, there wasn't so much continuity in the feelings that each film gave me. So episode seven, you know, what I would change was give them a little bit more consistency because episode seven was sort of welcoming me back into Star Wars world. It was introducing me to uh, a new heroine uh, or a new set of protagonists and antagonists. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And then episode eight gave me a huge jump from the from the antagonist side and a lot of side talk from the protagonist side, which was a little bit distracting, if I'm honest. So I didn't get to see as much protagonist development as, as I wanted to. And then just when I was, you know, culminating, when episode eight was culminating into a huge, huge plot twist, which could have shocked everyone. I'm talking about Finn potentially dying. Mm -hmm. You know, it immediately sort of cancels that, which I honestly, I understand. I understand. I just actually wish that you had gone just as I got a great big surprise with the antagonist, which is Kylo Ren killing Snoke. That was, that was actually a shock for me. I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting potentially the same stuff that happened with Vader back then when he would have been, you know, convinced to sort of come back in the third film to, to then sort of sacrifice himself, killing Snoke and so on. And he had to do this because of what... And I, I would have been, you know, I understand. You were just copying sort of previous one. That's ultimately how it goes because there has to be balance and so on. But what he does is that he does this early. So he has the chance to take top spot. And then uh, Finn doesn't die either. He just all of a sudden gets like, you know, side sidewinded here. So he doesn't commit, you know, um, suicide trying to, trying to save his buddies. Um... And then in episode nine, you just completely negate the, you know, what Kylo Ren did. And you, he brings in, um, well, uh, uh, you know, the big old baddie himself, Darth Sidious. So this is what I would change. Personally, I would give so much more weight to the villain, which you guys know I love the villain, right? So I want to make sure that I give that villain a lot more weight. So firstly, General Hux. Um, I don't want to go political or anything, but General Hux in episode seven. He was, he was, he was, he was mean. He was good. He was stage presence. He was speech. He was, mm -hmm. he was everything. That guy was, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't want to be too heavy here, but he was almost Hitler. He right. was, whoa. Yeah, you know, and like the First Order badge on the side of, of his uniform, and he was like his, his pointing and his shouting and that, the, 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 the First Order, you know, oh, oh, man, he was awesome. And you can bet that that was in his um, in his uh, in his audition. You know what I mean? Like him trying out 
you can bet that that was part of it. Right. Looking at how 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 awesome that was. But then in episode eight, he turns into a clown. You know, he's made fun of. He's tossed left and right. Kylo Ren's sort of like you know treating him like he's nothing. And then Snoke dies. So I expected Kylo Ren to be, oh wow, he's going to do what Darth Vader couldn't do. Because even Darth Vader wanted to overcome the Emperor, he just couldn't do it on his own. But here's Kylo Ren who's done it on his own at mm. the end of Episode Eight. I was so excited. I'm like, whoa, this guy who's trying to, who's who has a who has Darth Vader's helmet in his quarters, burned cinders, and then whoa, you know what I mean? Right. I I personally genuinely don't have qualms with Ray. I really don't. I'm not upset with a Mary Sue because this is the Force we're talking about. There is a balance, you know. Uh, darkness rises and then light needs to rise to meet it sort of thing. I'm not, I'm not quoting it exactly right. I know, but yeah. So what I wanted to do was give her a little bit more independence. Mm -hmm. And then when she does get that independence, because she's decided to speak out against Luke and the, and the crap he was doing, I have, uh, I actually, as much as I don't like seeing Luke in a weaker position, I don't have a problem with that because we talked about this before and I don't like it and I condemn it more than I, than I, than I'm supporting it, but that's all right for now. (laughs) And I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to go too deep into this because I do want to first give you a chance to speak because I'm speaking way too much here. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to see a little bit more consistency. I want to see stronger stories for each character. I felt like every other, you know, the story was going namby-pamby a little bit, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And they're doing something great in one direction for each character's arc and then taking it away from him at the end. And um, Poe Dameron was someone we didn't really get to see shine because that bit in episode eight when he was turning into a general himself, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see that even more. And then episode nine, it turns into a little bit weaker than that. I know we see it. It's just we see it a little bit weaker. We don't get a chance to see him turn into a solo or a Leia or so. Um, yeah. Finn, I, I just wanted to see him truly. I wanted some emphasis on the fact that this is a stormtrooper who, who, who's, who's defected into the, the good side. Yeah. Um, him seeing him do that and then potentially die for the cause. Oh wow, that would have been that would have, he would have been a, he he would you know I I'd, I'd have seen statues for him built. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that's the short answer. Just at least from a story value, you know. Um, yeah. What do you think about what I've said first? And then oh no, I I agree with you because you were talking about the continuity between them and and one of the big things I would change would fix that the continuity. I think. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. It just it, the whole. I don't. I don't even call it a trilogy. You know what I mean? You know that I, I don't refer to it as the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the I, issue. It's the right? sequel yeah, films. The yeah, just because there's yeah. three of them doesn't make it a trilogy. Um, they they really don't have anything to do with each other. Uh, it, the closest that they do are seven and eight. The way they flow right into one another. Right, seven and eight both happen over the course of like two days. You, you know right. what I mean? Like so. Uh, from the moment Poe gets the little chip that has the piece of the galaxy from Lor Tekka to when they're getting off crate is like two days. So right. it's there's those. I mean, that's as close as you can get to to having continuity. So yeah, I completely agree with you, especially about Finn's sacrifice because I, I had he gone down with that ship, Finn had a a really good arc up until that point because oh yeah. Yeah. Even even if they didn't do the whole you know Jedi Force sensitive thing with him, which they obviously didn't in nine, uh, had he? Because I think about Finn's arc for a second, and then I, and then I'll get into to what I would change. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, with Finn's arc, you know he Phasma was like the big the, like he she represented everything that he hated about the First Order. It was Phasma, exactly. and him 
running away and being scared about it. You know, when they're on Taco Don and he's like, the first order is going to find us, you know, like we have to, we have to get out of here. And he decides yeah. to run. I mean, he's terrified of the first order hunting him down. Um, seen horrors, man. Yeah. Last Jedi rolls around and he gets to a point where, you know, he, he gets to face down phasma. He gets to face down the face of his, uh, of his demons. You know, yeah. he gets to kill phasma and, 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 I think that was his old commander that's given him right. orders to, to carry out horrible shit. Right. That was that was him kind of defeating his old self. You know, as far as I'm as far as I was concerned, you know, especially when she's like, you've always been scum. He's like rebel scum. And that was because after that, when they got to crate, he was so confident in what he was doing. You know what I mean? He was all in with the cause at yeah, that all point. In, yeah. And that was that was the moment he needed. So then when you come to Rise of Skywalker, he was like super comfortable in his skin. He was, you know, like when they're on the Falcon at the beginning and he's in the gunner seat and he's like, I was just about to say that. And he's like blasting TIE fighters like they're nothing. Like he's so confident of himself. He's really grown into himself. And for him to have sacrificed himself for that cause, I think would have been absolutely amazing. And it would have I think it would have given the sequel films a little bit of weight, knowing that they didn't all make it out of it. Uh, because at the end of it, everybody's happy-go-lucky. You know what I mean? Like it's just, uh, it's. I think, I think somebody in that in the new, I guess the new tri the new trio, right? The new. Tri- I don't want to say Trinity. I don't want to give them that kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that trio. We we. I don't think the entire trio should have made it out. This was supposed to be the film, Sky, Rise of Skywalker was supposed to be the film that ended an entire nine-film saga. It was supposed to be dark oh, yeah. and epic. And not, How did everybody make it out of that alive? There's no damn way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think if he had it's sacrificed himself. Ending. Yeah, exactly. I think had he sacrificed himself, I think it would have really made Finn's character arc. I mean, I think it would have brought it full circle. So right. I do agree with you on that. What I would have changed... Uh, is one simple thing. Uh, I think one of the biggest complaints you guys know I have with the sequel films is that there was no plan from the get-go. You know what I mean? They can try to say there was this whole time, but we all know that there wasn't. Uh, they were making it up as they went. And I think... I think all, even Ray comes out and says that. Yeah. Because um, she... Ridley, the actress. Yeah, because she even came out uh, right after episode 9 came out and was like, oh yeah, last year there was talk about you know whether she was a Kenobi or a Palpatine. So they didn't have it set in stone from the get-go yeah you know what i mean and then when they called ian mcdermott and said so we're thinking about bringing palpatine back would you want to play him again so you're just now thinking about bringing him back when you're going into nine so no he wasn't part of the plan at all right uh i the biggest change that and, and honest to god they could still do it they could do it right now they're not going to but they would they could do it right now and completely fix the sequel well, i shouldn't say completely but at least fix the continuity issue with the sequel films in my opinion the entire first five minutes of The Rise of Skywalker, cut it off of The Rise of Skywalker, and tack it onto the end of The Last Jedi. So when the Resistance is beaten at crate and they're you know they're That's in the Falcon cool and, they're, and they're flying off, they you hear you know when when Leia's like yeah. we have everything we need right here, and then you have that hopeful little moment, and then all of a sudden the music stops and you hear deet 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 on the communication yeah, like console or something and then yeah. the voice comes through. and then palpatine's voice starts to come through with that message you know is i you know whatever the message was that was in Fortnite. i think is when they released that message um right. but no if they played that message and then it cuts to you know kylo hearing the exact same message on crate 
and then losing his mind and tearing out. And then you have the entire first five minutes of Rise of Skywalker where he goes to Mustafar and finds the Wayfinder. And, you know, it's kind of like a montage, right, of him going to all these different places and getting to Exegol and finding yeah. Palpatine. And then, when, and then going down in that Yeah, and, and then when and when he says, bring bring me the girl, you know, and, and Kylo's like, who is she? And then it just cuts in on Palpatine smiling with the lightning and boom. You know, and it would have been a huge cliffhanger for episode nine. Like, holy shit. He's still alive. Because then it would have made, it would have felt more fluid as they flew, as they flowed together. You know what I mean? And then episode nine could have just, you know, opening crawl disappeared and then it pans down and here comes the Falcon out of hyperspace to that ice planet or whatever it was that they were on where they got the message about the mole in the first order, right? It could have picked up at that exact moment instead of the whole Kylo thing, hunting hunting the the Emperor down at the beginning. You would have seen Exegol at the end of Last Jedi. Instead of Broom Kid, don't show Broom Kid. Show Palpatine because then you actually feel like, holy shit, there's a plan here. They could easily go back and do this. I mean, it wouldn't take that much editing. It, I wouldn't take, it wouldn't take hardly anything at all. You know what I mean? You know, if we Special went into, edition. If we had gone into episode eight not expecting Ian McDermott at all, and then all of a sudden we get him and we hear that laugh, the cackle which we heard at the for in the trailer for episode nine. If we heard that yeah. at the end of episode eight, and then it came up, and then Kylo Ren went over there and we saw that, I would have gotten goosebumps. Oh, I absolutely! Been, I crapping myself. That and then awesome. and then we'd have been crapping ourselves for two years that. waiting for episode nine. Because then, because yeah, then we'd exactly. have been like, "Holy crap! When's nine coming out? We gotta wait two years? Are you shitting me?" Like that would have been. You think about the because if you go back and watch reaction videos for that trailer at Celebration when they first revealed Palpatine, and you hear that, <laughs> you know, in the trailer, everybody freaked out. They lost yeah, their proverbial yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine at the end of Episode Eight having that as a cliffhanger? Like, wait, wh- what? Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, so no you're, way. what you're saying is basically like, if, even if I had qualms with the consistency, you would have been like, okay, how about you keep the events the same? Just show me that it was a Just plan. shift, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, that's all yeah, you got to yeah, do. You know, and, and it'd be, I mean, I could, honest to God, I could sit down on my video editor right now with episodes eight and nine and maybe some stock footage from seven of the inside of the Millennium Falcon, and I can find a deep, deep, sound effect i can go on fortnite and get the actual recording that they released because it was on it was a fortnite event where you actually heard palpatine um do his do his uh message so you can get the audio for that and you could cut it together and make this thing work and actually make a matter of fact when i get some spare time (laughs) i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna send it to you i'm gonna i want you to tell me if this is not gonna be badass okay so I'm know. I'm gonna see if I can't edit this. It shouldn't it wouldn't it shouldn't be that hard. It really shouldn't. Um so I'm I'm gonna do put it. it together. You should totally do this, be like a YouTube video like ten minutes or something. I think this would go viral. I, I think awesome. uh, just all you gotta do is shift that one scene. Get rid of Broom Kid. F that yeah. kid. I, I, nobody cares about that kid. Just move over <laughs> oh, no, no, that Broom scene. Kid, Broom Kid should be at the end of episode nine. No, no, he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Like, He's cleaning stalls. Leave oh, him alone. No. He, he, he no, just. No, hang on, hang on. <laughs> this is cool. This kind of this thing about like 
it's kind of this thing about like, yeah, you know, you, everybody's looking up into, into the stars, into the galaxy, and you see that ship flying off, and he he's a little bit force sensitive and stuff, and you're like, yeah, I don't, you I don't know. That kid. So I understand why he's there. It it gives. Know? I feel or, like I mean, it gives. How about this? We we'll put him in another film. Put him in Solo or something. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, we could do that. That's fine. <laughs> I just I feel like he gives too much hope at the end of. The second act of a trilogy. Oh yeah, no, I understand. You know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, think about yeah. think about the Empire Strikes Back for a second, right? We, we don't want it to copy the original trilogy, obviously, but think about yeah, we, how you we felt to egg us on to the next. Right. Yeah. Think about how you felt at the end of the Empire Strikes Back for the first time, and mm-hmm. the rebels mm-hmm. were in such a bad place. Han Solo had been sold to Jabba the Hutt. They didn't know where he was. They were battered. Mm-hmm. You know, there was not much of a fleet left. What were they going to? They had Luke found out what he did about. Vader being his father. It was a dark place for everybody. Everybody ended on a bad note. Leia didn't know where the love of her life was. Luke was freaking out over this revelation. You know you know what I'm saying? And he was physically maimed. It was leaving the rebels in a dark place. Last Jedi rolled around and left them in a very hopeful place. That, that was the whole point of Broom Kid, was to show hope for the future. We don't want hope for the future. We want a bleak ending like the Resistance just got their asses handed to them. They barely got away with their lives. They fit on the Millennium Falcon. What's left of the Resistance is on the Millennium freaking Falcon. That is a dark way to end. And then you get the Palpatine thing on top of it. That would have just been, hearing the message come across, would have been like, oh shit, now what do we do? You know, I think that would have really set the tone for the for the trilogy, ended in a really dark place, and then going into episode nine, we know that they're in tatters. You know, it, it, it's it, we know Palpatine's still out there. How in the hell are they going to beat this? You know, what's what's I think that whole thing, and and you would have gotten a glimpse at the final order too, all the Star Destroyers coming out of the ice. You know, you'd have gotten a glimpse of all of this at the end of Last Jedi. Like that's what they're going up against. Like holy shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, think about other trilogies like uh, like The Matrix. I know we don't talk about Matrix two and three. We definitely don't talk about four. But we at the end of Matrix Reloaded, it was a really dark place for everybody. Neo was in a freaking coma. Mm. You know what I mean? Agent yeah. Smith was coming yeah. out of the Matrix. He was possessing a man in the real world. You know what I'm saying? So that was a dark cliffhanger place and then you pick up with three and you resolve you know what i'm saying so when you do a trilogy in my opinion anyway maybe i'm wrong maybe you guys can convince me otherwise i feel like in a trilogy you have to end the second act in a dark place to really drive home the point on that third one so anyway i've rambled long enough that's that that's the one thing i would change about the sequel trilogy is move that scene over rambled at all like but i'll ask you something else um, here's what I genuinely thought at the time. Okay. I don't use the word genuinely a lot, but I, I'm just trying to emphasize that I uh, honestly really made fun of Lucasfilm when I saw the trailer for Episode Nine, which had the cackle in it, mm-hmm. the, the the Palpatine cackle, because I was like, oh, you're just throwing a Hail Mary here, aren't you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, that, that didn't mean I wasn't excited to Grasping see it straw- it yeah. Star Wars film. And because it was Palpatine. But yeah, the way you said it now, that sounds awesome. But would you change um, Ray being a Palpatine? Oh, f- would you yeah. Have- so, Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop an F-bomb. Yes, I would absolutely change her being a Palpatine. Yeah. Um, I, absolutely. I would ma- I would still keep her a nobody. Mm-hmm. I, I, she, I, I would just make her some random... Yeah, me too. Some so, random like, I girl. I wanted that continuity. Like, uh, and by the way, like, even episode 8, when, when Kylo Ren goes, 
you were you are nobody. Like your parents, yeah. were just nothing. That would have been were it. just filthy drunk, junk traders. That would have been the truth, as far and, as I was concerned. And she was just she was just a slave or, or a person who got sold into sort of slavery or like a life of sort right. Of, you know, being, yeah. being in that level. And and you know, and uh, that was horrible. But of course, that that's that's what that's that's what happened to her. You know, like, and I get where Disney was coming from, wanting to make her. Special, I get it, and I get the message they were going for with her, with them calling her a Skywalker at the end, saying it doesn't matter where you come from, you can still be great, right? You can yeah, still yeah. get the yeah. same message across with her being a nobody. It doesn't matter where you come from, you can still be great. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have special blood pumping through your veins. You don't have to have a family history attached to galactic genocide. You don't have to have all that. You can be Joe freaking schmo. And stand up and save the galaxy. You know, to right, me, that's yeah. a bigger message than what they tried to portray uh, in, in the films that we got. So I would have kept her as a nobody. I, there wouldn't have been a big revelation of who her parents are. It would have been in episode eight when he says there were nobodies. They, were, they traded you for drinking money. You know, and, and that would have been it. That would have been the truth. That w- Cut dry, that's the end of it. So, yeah, no, I, I would not have made her a Palpatine. I, and as cool as it would have been to have her as a Kenobi, I wouldn't have done that either. Um, but the fact, you know, and there's and there, the, the fact that, think about after Episode 7, for four years we talked about, well, what's Ray? Is she a Kenobi? Is she a, a, a Palpatine? Think about the wording. We yeah. said, is she a Kenobi? Is she a Palpatine? Is she a blah, blah, blah? And then when Episode 9 rolls around and he's like, you are a Palpatine. Like, they use the exact same phrasing the fan base used for four mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. which means they were listening to what everybody said. They were trying, they were looking at that conversation and using the same phrasing, the same wording that we all used in the fandom for four years. You know? Yeah. So had they come out and said, you, you know, you have his power, you're Palpatine's granddaughter, and they hadn't said that you you are a Palpatine, it, it I, don't, I don't know, it just, it, it felt like they were trying to pander you know what I mean, and it's just I, I I just didn't like. The yeah, thing. no, I got you. Yeah, I come, I, I I get what you're coming from, and I think uh, I'm I'm agreeing with with you genuinely for for the most part. But I, um, you know, so many other things which I saw happen, like for example, you know, the the fleet showing up, like the whole the rest of the galaxy joining right. in uh, at the end to sort of take down Palpatine and the Final Order and all that. Lando coming in the Millennium Falcon and just all these other. The squadrons and the and the fighters and the, and the and the pilots and everything. These are people that we should have been seeing, you know, right. from other novels and from other places and from comics and stuff. And they never, you know, the characters they might show up in like what the novelization and the comics or something that they were there. Yeah, but Kaz Kazuto from gotten... Resistance was there. Uh, Iden Versio's daughter was there. Uncle Shiv was there. <laughs> like everybody yeah. was there. They, I mean, they, they, we could, we could have gotten some special spotlighting on them a little bit more. They deserved and that would have it. Given them a little bit yeah, heavier. They deserved yeah, it. They, they deserved it exactly. They deserved it. Especially the and ghost then, of all of them. If you're, if you were gonna, yeah. if you were gonna say any of them, it should have been the ghost. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, of course, that was the only one you got to see actually on screen out of all of them was on the screen, ghost. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I can, I can live with that. So. Uh, Anyway, Bronson, I hope that answered your question in a really roundabout way. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of what we would uh, do. So, question number two. Quite a is heavy me. question. It I was a very you, heavy question. It was a good one. I hope you understood just how heavy that question was when you sent it in. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Thanks, Bronson. Question number two this week. We're going to skip for now. We're going to do that one last. Uh, I should have put okay. it at the end of the notes, but I, <laughs> but we're we're gonna you know what number two is. So we're going to skip yeah. number two for now and go to question number three. We'll come back to number two. I promise. Uh, question number three this week comes from Chris Olson. 
And Chris says, bringing Palpatine back ruined Anakin's sacrifice in Return of the Jedi. Why couldn't Disney just let us keep the EU and build off of that? I'm beginning my chronological read-through of the EU now to get the bad taste of clone Palpatine out of my mouth, and so far I'm enjoying it more than canon. Uh, thanks for the thoughts, Chris. And boy, do I have... Uh, Usuf, who, which one of us do you want to break? Yeah, yeah, who yeah, wants yeah. to break it to him? Um, <laughs> I, no, you go ahead. Okay, so... <laughs> You you don't like Clone Palpatine. You you're in for a shocker, man. Uh, I'm not trying to spoil anything for you, uh, but in Legends, I believe it was the Dark Empire comic, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Palpatine's clone came back. Palpatine actually came back amongst the living in Legends as well. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And actually, you're really gonna love this. Turned Luke to the dark side. So that is Legends. If you really don't like it, and you think that Canon messed up by bringing him back. Just wait till you get to the Dark Empire comic. Um, but, you know, the, the the reason I wanted to bring this question up was because I wanted to ask you, Usuf, do you feel like Palpatine coming back ruined Anakin's sacrifice? Because we've talked about it a bit, but we've never really talked about Anakin's sacrifice being tied to it. Yeah, so since since you sent him, because we, we got these messages in last weekend, so I've had right. time. I had time to really think about him. And... Um, uh, I was really thinking about this question a lot because I actually changed my mind. Firstly, when I first thought about this, like, you know, weeks, months back when we saw the film, we started talking about this, all these heavy questions. I thought, yeah, yeah, it negates Anakin. It negates it completely. And it puts Ray in the forefront. Who's Ray anyway? And you start getting mad at Ray because, like, it took away Anakin's, Anakin's thing. I love Anakin, the story, oh, the yeah, redemption same. and everything. Anakin and Darth Vader and then Anakin again because they are the same person, but then actually they're not the same person anymore because Darth Vader sort of pushes Anakin out of his mind and body and soul and everything and he turns into this thing and then he goes back. It's just a huge, huge, brilliant, brilliant struggle. And then to see Anakin redeem himself do that. Right. I I have genuinely changed my mind. I use that word again a lot. I need to stop doing it. Um, <laughs> You're like I, George Lucas with uh, ultimately – and, and yeah. Nebu and Jedi's and and laser swords, <laughs> laser swords, laser swords. Uh, he he. I no, I don't think it negates Anakin's sacrifice. So here's the thing: um, Anakin doing what he did was still amazing. Um, it was still amazing. It still did a lot. It still it, it was still brilliant. Um, it was it was enough to to take him back to the light rather than being in the dark. It was enough to save the galaxy from an incredible dictator who was just ramming it, giving it to, giving, giving hell, giving everybody hell. Mm. You know, someone who was going to potentially stay there forever and ever and ever, Palpatine, Darth Sidious. And he is potentially the most powerful being that has used the Force ever. And Anakin used every fiber of his existence and his power to just sort of take him down. That is a lot. It does not negate from him doing that, the sacrifice. Um, the fact that he was able to come back in, you know, we're doing this from a sort of complete story standpoint here. Okay. We're talking about the canon, the story that everything happened. It does not negate, in my opinion, that he did that. But what it does is it cements Darth Sidious Palpatine, uh, Chief Palpatine in this. Uh, he is truly that powerful that he has, you know, he's always 10 steps ahead of anyone. Mm -hmm. He is so ahead of you. That he has, you know, Voldemort and his Horcruxes, you know, Sidious and his and his clones. Potentially, you know, he's like, 
shit, I need to have a plan B here. What, what if I go, what if I die? What, what goes on? What, what next? And he was still working on it at the time. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't ready yet, but he had it and it was, it was good. It was worth it. And that's the thing that, you know, potentially since there was someone as powerful as Luke and as powerful as Anakin were, and then there was someone even more powerful, you know, the, the Emperor of Sidious Palpatine sitting there in his, in his throne room, smug, smiling when Luke grabs the lightsaber to strike him down because he made Luke so angry because he was going to take apart the rebel fleet and resistance and everything. And then he's smiling because guess who's picking up the lightsaber to block him? It's his own father, Darth Vader, you know, Anakin, because he's turned him. So that's, that's, how, that's how conniving and evil Darth Sidious is. And that's how powerful he is. You're not going to get rid of this guy this easy. It's kind of an overarching theme. And I know it's it's a lot. And that he suddenly turns up and he suddenly sort of negates what he did. No, I don't think he negates Anakin. What I think he's doing is um, it's it's he's coming back here because there is an opportunity to come back here. Because Kylo Ren isn't as strong as he sh- as, as he ought to be or as he could be. And then Kylo Ren doesn't embrace this gift neither does ray because ray wants to take him down so he's like well you know initially i was here to give you guys power so that i can then be a sort of force conduit within you guys Mm -hmm. but now guess what i'm going to be sucking the power out of all of you worthless little you know powerless you know you guys you guys don't know what's up here you have no idea the kind of power i can give you you know what i'm gonna keep it for myself and he, then he just decides to suck the life force out of everyone else around him and then make sure that he does come back to become the, the real dictator again, the real Sith Lord, to stay there once and for all sort of thing. Um, yeah, so me ranting so you know on and on and on about how much I love a villain uh, from a story, completely story perspective, this cements him as the top villain ever, potentially in my in my readings in my life in my you know in, in whatever culture i've been reading you know what i mean mm-hmm. um he's 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 one of those things and i think that's what that does more than it negating darth Vader's sacrifice or anakin's sacrifice it actually puts him like on that pedestal and the fact that the ray in then had to have been so in tune with the force you know the last thing that leia of all people not luke leia taught her mm-hmm. um was you know channel through you channel the force through you so that if i'm speaking to you you can channel me through you as well that's ultimately what what she learned she doesn't get that obviously lesson directly but that's what that's what she does she is all of jedi doesn't mean that she is all of jedi literally what she's doing is she's using the force she's calling on it as much as she can so that she can be a conduit to take down the dark side of the force she's trying to be all of the light channeling through her even if it's coming from other you know forces and it does because other force ghosts go, go through her. And that's what it took to really eradicate this, this, this god-awful, amazing, brilliant villain. Um, yeah, that's, that's my two cents. So, what do you think? So some of the things you said kind of got my, my, my mind thinking a little bit here. And, you know, you were talking about when, when he was trying to get Luke to strike him down. You know, that seems to – we always make the joke about Palpatine's always like, strike me down with all of your hatred, right? And he's always trying to get somebody to kill him, right? He even wanted Ray yeah, to kill him, like everybody. And, you know, let's take the sequel films out of the equation for a second. Let's just say it ended with episode six. With him, yeah, doing, yeah, sure. with him yeah. saying that, right, he, that means, you know, he wanted Luke – 
to give into his anger, give into his hatred, strike him down. Yeah. Yeah, and is. then he and Vader were going to be the new Sith duo, right? He's baiting him a little bit, yeah. Right. Yeah, so him. now when you add in these sequel films, like like Palpatine was ready to give his life just to make sure there were two ultimately powerful Sith, right? He was ready to leave the galaxy, leave existence as long as he knew he was leaving it to two Sith. And now, well, so what? You go ahead and strike me down. I'm just going to come back in three weeks anyway. I just, I got a whole planet full of bodies. Like, I'm, I'm going to come back. Who gives a crap? And then I'll come back and kill both of you. Like, what is that? What, what's, what's the point there? You know, I get that he wanted to survive, you know, for eternity, basically. But then it kind of, kind of cheapens him saying, strike me down with all of your hatred, right? And it just... I don't know. And honestly, it kind of cements in that dark side force ghosts are a thing. If he was able mm. to transfer his dark side essence from one body to another, the essence had to have traveled across the force, right? So there has to so be... So that must mean that there there's got to be Sith ghosts, right? Yeah, so... And, and and the fact that he tells Pat, or Padme... Oh, God. The fact that he tells Ray, you know, strike me down and my spirit will go into you and he... Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So... I yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just it, it cheapens the villain a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Palpatine's a badass. He's a freaking bastard. But I just and he's an awesome villain. But it cheapens it a little bit for me. Uh, I just I I, I don't I don't know. I, I I don't think. See the thing is, Vader knew about Exegol. He knew about Palpatine's cloning. He knew about all of this. In the comics between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and the Vader comics, he goes to Exegol and he sees Palpatine's entire plan. Palpatine basically shows it to him. All the cloning vats and everything is cloned from the severed hand of Luke Skywalker from The Empire Strikes Back. Everything was cloned this off of that. This gives a whole new meaning right. to that statement Vader so, makes to Luke. You don't know the right. power of the dark side. But if Vader knew that Palpatine was able to do this... And he killed Palpatine. Why didn't he be like, Luke, uh, before I die, <laughs> there's a planet called Exegol where Palpatine is sitting and waiting 30 years for you to come attack him. You need to go. There's a Sith Wayfinder in that vault right over there that you can get into to get to Exegol to, to go take care of him once and for all while he's still weak, right? Why didn't Vader say anything? Like, at the end of Return of the Jedi, you see the Force ghosts of Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin looking on at Luke celebrating, right? They knew Vader, or they, they knew Palpatine was still alive. They're, they are literally the Force. There's no way they didn't know he was still alive. You know, there's a meme of them standing there smiling, and one of them's like, should we tell them that Palpatine's still alive? And they're like, no, <laughs> it's fine. They'll figure it out. Like, it makes, you know, it's just... I feel like, it, personally, I feel like it does cheapen Anakin's sacrifice a little bit because he should have known that it wasn't going to work in the first place. You know, why give your life to kill somebody when you know they're going to just, they've got a whole planet full of bodies that they can just re-inhabit? You know, it, it's kind of, honestly, for me, it kind of makes Anakin's sacrifice a little foolish, in my opinion. And, and, and I don't want to say that it was, it was fool, but I feel like that, bringing Palpatine back did kind of ruin the end of Return of the Jedi just yeah. a little bit, you know? That's just my opinion. I'm not I'm not going to disagree with anybody who 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 disagrees with me. I'm not going to I'm not going to call you out or anything, but I don't know, it kind of cheapens it for me, you know? So uh but yeah, no, uh Chris, wait till you get to clone Palpatine. Now, granted, clone Palpatine in the comics is way cooler than clone Palpatine in canon. 
way cooler. He's a bastard. I think all the characters in the comics are way cooler than. Oh yeah, and and he game. was, and honestly, it was the same. It was basically the same storyline. Was Palpatine wanted to inhabit Leia's unborn child, uh, to to live in a new body because his bodies were, de- they were you know decaying. They couldn't contain him. So it was basically the same kind of thing. It just wasn't Leia's uh, son that he was wanting to inhabit. It was. Uh, his, I don't know, his clone's daughter. I'm not going to call her his granddaughter because it's, that's another topic for another time. But I, it's it's the same basic kind of story. So anybody that sits there and says, you know, I can't believe Disney did this. This sucks. Well, yeah, their version of it might suck, but it still happened in Legends. You know, yeah. so. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, personally, I think it kind of cheapened it a little bit. But uh, I do appreciate you sending in the question, Chris. Thanks for being a listener. And uh, I... Let us know later on how you're how you're doing with that uh, legends read through. I'm 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 interested in your progress with that. So, uh, thanks for the question, Chris. Uh, the third question this week comes from Kyle. Uh, Kyle, uh, sorry, Kyler Knowles. You guys know uh, Kyler. Uh, he says, "Hey Brian and Yusuf, my question is a relatively simple one, and that is, what is your guys's favorite all around scene in any of the Star Wars movies? Uh, and if you're feeling up to it, favorite scene in every movie as well. Thanks for the question, Kyler." Uh, I'm going to take the lead on this one because I, 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 I believe Kyler asked this question on 1138 gaming. He likes Kyler hangs out with us during 1138 gaming quite a bit. And, uh, he, I, I think he asked this question. My favorite scene in star Wars hands down is in return of the Jedi. It's during the lightsaber battle between Luke and Vader. It's when Luke is hiding under the platform where Palpatine is sitting and Vader's walking around. He says, you cannot hide forever. Luke. And he says, I will not fight you. And Vader's, you know, give yourself to the dark side. It is the only way to save your friends. And finally, when Vader says, yes, even your sister. So you have a twin sister. Your feelings have betrayed her too. And the look on Luke's face like, oh my God, why? I can't believe I just did. And that entire scene where he says, you know, if you will not turn to the dark side, perhaps she will. And Luke goes like Billy Badass on Vader. I there's so much raw emotion in that scene. It's it's like the the penultimate moment. It's the moment when everything's going down. It all came to this to this exact moment where Vader said just the right thing to put Luke over the edge and this is the final hurrah. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Everything is riding on this, you know, and it just it goes ape shit. I adore that scene. That is my absolute favorite scene in Star Wars. That's a Wars. really good shout, to be fair. I, I really love really it. So, what about you? So- uh, if I had to choose one, uh, it really is... It's tough. Uh, episode 3. It's very, very tough. It's Episode 3. Revenge of the Sith. Um, Anakin uh, turning bad. Not the striking down Mace Windu part, but the part where he strolls right on into the Jedi Temple. That music yes. comes on. He he straight up marches goose steps right into that thing, up the steps. You know, he's he's just going at it. And then uh, taking everybody down and then moving forward to uh, Mustafar system and going off and taking out part the um, the leaders of the of the separatist movement. You know, his eyes turn yellow. You notice that, right? Like the eyes oh, yeah. turn yellow. Uh, because his eyes keep turning in between. They keep switching. 
in between blue and yellow and blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, people don't, people, maybe you're not noticing this if you haven't uh, listened to this bit because you usually see, um, you know, Sith's eyes turning yellow when they're super evil, right? Right. Kind of like Maul's eyes. So the reason why, you know, uh, Anakin was blue was because he was still struggling. He was still Anakin at that point. But then they turned yellow when he was taking down the Separatists because he was really channeling his anger because he genuinely, genuinely was incredibly angry at the Separatist leaders because he's been fighting them for years. So right. now he has a chance to strike the leaders of the Separatist movement down himself. These are guys that have killed his comrades, stirring up shit in the galaxy, you know, doing all this stuff. So he's he's going all out rage. And then the scene culminates at the end. And I'm focusing specifically on Anakin here, not not just about, you know, the bit. Because uh, that whole scene also includes the reveal of Padme and Obi-Wan finding out that she's pregnant and stuff. Right. But then when you see, if I'm focusing on Anakin from the moments he starts walking up those Jedi steps, uh, excuse me, the steps to the Jedi Temple, and then taking out the separatists we know that he takes out the younglings in those in in that scene the music that goes up there you know the the track is called i believe it's called love uh war and freedom or something like that Mm. that track is incredible by 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 john williams and then um he he's also sitting there on mustafar after all these deeds that he's done and he's done it he's 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 gone technically to a level which there is no coming back from technically to a very and he knows it and he looks down into the into the lava and he looks up at the light and there's still the sun the closest sun to him and it's just behind the clouds although he's looking up and there's a light and he and he, and he tears he you know he drops a few tears mm-hmm. because he's so damn conflicted right and then yeah that scene end of that part that is my favorite bit because then the, this bit where he sort of sees the light and he's a bit of the dark as well Later on, when, he, when Obi-Wan drops down from that ship and confronts him, you see Obi-Wan's got the sun behind him because that represents the light, whereas uh, Anakin was sort of standing there behind him with all of the, the fire and the lava and stuff, and that's the dark. So when you see him confront this as sort of the symbolism within the film, yeah, it, it, the visual symbolism is so, so raw. It's so epic. That is the best struggle I could have seen. He's done this for something, whether he was misguided or not. Here he is, so, so incredibly conflicted by the crap, the, the sheer violence that he has just unleashed. Mm-hmm. Everything he was taught not to do, he just did. Out of instinct, out of guidance, out of everything. Yeah. Some, it carries so much. Some of the... That's, that's what made me like really love it. Because it's not a particularly brilliant... There's not a lot of amazing choreography in this scene. Mm-hmm. There's not like a huge amount of lightsaber stuff. It's not an amazing piece of lore. It's not, you know, it's nothing too rare, nothing too fancy. It's just the weight that that scene carries for me. Kind of like what you said about your scene. Like that is just so heavy. Yeah. The emotion, the raw yeah. emotion in this thing. It's it's some yeah, of the you you never the worst... you never know really Star Wars people think we would just love Star Wars because it goes pew pew and lightsabers yeah. and yeah no there's way more blank. to it than that it's deeper <laughs> than that genuinely I haven't seen a good lightsaber fight in ages so no <laughs> yeah. Star Wars is not about that for me at all um, that's another thing by the way about the sequel trilogy I wanted to see some more some more some more action but yeah never mind anyway I was going to talk to you some of the worst uh, atrocities ever committed were done with the best of intentions. Oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean, and, yeah. that, and it really dry, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exactly what Anakin was dealing with, you know. So, yeah, no, absolutely, 
that that's a really good scene. That that's a really good scene. Um, but yeah, no, I it, it, there's there's so many. It, it, like like you said, it was really hard to pick one out, and it's it's hard to land on one particular scene. And 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 it's usually, you know, most people would probably pick some epic scene or you know like look the space battle around the second Death Star is another great one. That is an awesome space battle. That is amazing. Uh, but yeah, when you get down to the, the one-on-one, the emotion that like, that's what really drives a scene, you know? So, uh, really, really dig that. So, uh, thanks for the question, Kyler. Do appreciate it. Uh, and the last one, this is, you guys are about to find out why I saved this one for last. So before I read this question, uh, two weeks ago when we did the podcast, uh, you guys heard me rant a little bit about Ray and uh just a little j- just a little bit and so the <sighs> we got a mailback question about my rant and so i wanted to i wanted to talk about it a little bit and so i sat down to write this thing out and and, and you guys will see what i'll talk about here in a minute and the more i wrote it out the more i'm like son of a bitch i'm just like god i hate ray so much and i know and i know you like ray as a character so this question is yeah, one yeah, that I'm, yeah, I do a little bit, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to answer it a little differently, though, than I do other questions. Uh, l- let me read the question to you first, and then, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Nick Burns sent in a question, and Nick says, Brian, I heard you speak last week how Ray and Luke are similar, but I'm having a hard time seeing how they're identical. They both went through the hero's journey. So my question is, how is Ray just like Luke? I want details, sir. Ha ha. So... Nick, I sat down and I wrote this. I wrote this thing out, okay, to to just just because of your question. I sat down and wrote this thing out, and I want you to tell me. I want you, Nick. I want or anybody, Yusuf. I want anybody to tell me who I'm talking about. This you, it's, it's either about Luke or about Ray, and you guys tell me who it's about, okay? This is what I wrote out. Uh, Eighteen loses their parents at a young age, and is hidden on a desert planet for their safety. One day, they come across a droid that's on a secret mission and is uh, that's carrying vital information to the good guys of the trilogy. They escape on the desert planet, or they escape the desert planet on the Millennium Falcon. This team loses the old man that snuck around the bad guy's super weapon, uh, super weapon with them to the blade of the Dark Apprentice of the trilogy, screaming no, alerting the bad guys to their presence. They escape the super weapon, which is later blown up by the good guys flying a trench run. This teen, who has natural force abilities, goes to a self-exiled Jedi Master. This Jedi Master doesn't want to train the teen because of their affinity for the dark side. This teen visits a cave strong in the dark side and has a vision of who they are, but they don't understand. Against the Jedi Master's advice, the young teen leaves and rushes to confront the Dark Apprentice, hoping to turn them from the dark side. The teen has a revelation when the Dark Apprentice reveals their true identity and bloodline. While on the same planet the Jedi Master exiled himself on, the teen visits with the Force Ghost of their mentor, and their bloodline is confirmed to them. They confront the Dark Apprentice again later and and convinces him to turn from the dark side. Finally, the young teen willingly goes before Palpatine to defeat him as he attacks them with force lightning. In the end, the redeemed apprentice gives his life to save the young teen, and the teen goes on to become a Jedi after seeing the force ghosts of their mentors smiling at them from a distance. 
You tell me, is that about Luke Skywalker or is that about Ray Palpatine? Uh, I think the cat's got my tongue. Who, who, is, uh, who is that about? Because that is literally, what I was saying two weeks ago, it's beat for beat. The longer we sat down and talked about it that night, Usif, the yeah, more pissed yeah, off yeah, I got longer, because the more yeah, I realized, the more, the more and more things. The more I realized, yeah. And then when I sat down to write this, I just started going through their, through the story arc, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's literally, it's, it's literally beat for beat. It, and, and, and it's not just the hero's journey. This is literally a complete and utter ripoff. This isn't, a, a, you know this, you know how they say the trilogy's rhyme, quote-unquote. No, because this is nowhere near the same arc that Anakin went through. This is nowhere near, right. you know? Right, right, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm having a hard time, because... Seriously, tell me who is that about? Is that about Luke Skywalker or is that about Rey? Yeah, it's it's, it's literally yeah. It is it is and I, and, like, and, and I'm not trying to progressions the same. Yeah, it's not just overarching like major events. It is technical details of what they see and how they get there as well. How they went about it. Yeah, I and yeah. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to make you a Rey hater. Usof, you love no, no, Rey. No, That's no, awesome. I'm not going to take that. that from you, but. This this right here is the problem I have with Ray as a character, and I think this is the this isn't the only problem people have with Ray. But I know people were talking about how like the Force Awakens was so close to being exactly like a New Hope, you know, with the with the little mm-hmm. chip mm-hmm. with the map to yeah. Skywalker and the trench run, and you know, and all in the Death Star, the Star Killer base, where it it I, I get how similar they were, I get it, but it goes way deeper than that. You know what I mean? Like they tried to give us an original Star Wars movie with the Last Jedi. Oh no, it definitely wasn't. It and it wasn't was nowhere near yeah. original. It was. I it's mean, it was still, completely. It still got the same same stuff happening. Yeah. And so, I mean, even some of the the dialogue from Snoke when he's like "young fool," you know, and it's it's exactly what Palpatine called Luke "young fool." Only now at the end do you understand? You know, like there's there's so many things that are just like just shit. They ripped off the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just, I don't know. I, those are the details, Nick. Like, those are the details. You want the details. There they are. They are so close. Now, now, granted, I'll give you this. Some of those events happen with gaps in between or, you know what I mean? They don't line up perfect, but it's the same events. It's the same character development. It's literally the exact same character development. So, I... I guess maybe it makes sense that she calls herself Ray Skywalker at the end of episode nine because she really, I mean, it's, it's literally identical. So, I mean, Usyk. All right, hang on, hang on. I could, just, there was one huge major difference between her and, and Luke. Okay. You know, she, she doesn't lose her right hand. You're right. She, she does lose not leg. lose her right hand. You're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> she has got that going for her. But, you know, I, and, uh, and we were – Actually, I'll take it a step further. I'll actually make this even more detailed about the 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 dark side vision that she had of herself. Remember, remember the vision oh, Luke yeah. had when he was yeah, fighting yeah, Vader. The, the, mer- okay, yeah. the mask blew off, and it was his face under it, and it showing what he could become. Yeah. Right? That is exactly the kind of vision she had in Episode Nine. Not necessarily the one in Last Jedi with the reflections, but in Episode Nine when she gets no, the Wayfinder no, and she sees she the sees the, the evil with, version with of herself the, and duels herself, yeah, just the, like Luke did in the cave. She duels herself, exactly. It's exactly. the exact same thing. And I, 
like I said, noticed it's that just... it was missing because in episode eight they gave us a vision which technically means jack shit because we didn't understand anything from it and it doesn't get explained. Right. So here in episode nine they gave us the one which is exactly like the one which Luke had <laughs> right. yeah, in, in episode uh, in episode five. The, the beats are there, man. They they are exactly the same. And I yeah, look, no, history completely repeats itself with her. It, yeah. it does, and and you know I'm you know I'm a very tolerant person when it comes to other people's opinions, right? I'm open to hearing people's explanations as to why they feel a certain way. And a lot of times, yeah, not yeah, all the time, sure. but it's a lot why, of times that has swayed the way I felt. But I'm ha- I'm hard-pressed to have to think of anything anybody could bring to me and say, no, they're not the same. Okay, you're going to have to bring some serious evidence to the table to convince me that they, yeah, that see, they didn't just rip it I off. I won't even... See, me, me personally, as you just said, like, uh, I, I do like the character and I do think that she goes on her own hero adventure and her own arc and everything. However, yeah, it is, it is extremely similar. And that is clearly the formula that is required in order, in order to take down a Palpatine. You, know, <laughs> yeah, clearly... you have to do these, like, these 15 things. This is the this formula, is, my yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Top yeah. 10 things to do if you're facing an evil <laughs> lord. <laughs> Top 10 things you have to do to defeat Palpatine. Here we go. Number one. Optional. Yeah. The, the optional one is losing your limbs. Losing <laughs> yeah, limbs. It, it helps, but, you know. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, no, it's um, no, it's. I, I personally, I mean, this doesn't take away that much from me liking the character on her own accord. But yeah, this does. Um, it, it brings major alarm bells, as you as you said, like the last episode we did. We were talking about it more and more, and then the more we thought about it off um, off of podcast, off screen, if you will, you know. And we were talking about this on our own, and I was really surprised when when you showed me this when we were talking about this stuff right it was really really intense when i started looking at it more and more i never realized just how close they were i you know we were always we always knew it was there just not how deep it was but then when you laid it out like this yeah it's uh it's intense it is intense like really this is wow almost beat for beat and even okay so here up until this point i've been trying to keep it impartial like i'm trying to look at the story for story's sake right so yeah let's let's now look a little bit let's let's take a wider view here of what actually happened was the directors getting this wrong because it was there was no plan and they were just taking this by ear I, you know the whole kathleen kennedy and um I don't know. you know talking about talk about a trilogy being oh we've taken a look at a trilogy and we think that it's better to do it one film at a time well this is the exact opposite that you're doing yeah building marvel which was thinking 10 films ahead you know, the entire time. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, this is not correct. And then you come back and you say, well, episode eight didn't really work out. So how about we bring back the director that, you know, people like for episode seven. Yeah. And he just does everything that happened with Luke. He just does it with Ray a little bit. And he brings back the force ghost to sort of, you know, um, bring her back to sort of, you know, ground her back and add this, add this vision in and have this thing in here. And Kylo Ren turns good. And then he sacrifices himself. And then blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so there's there, there's a lot to not like about about the sequel trilogy, genuinely. But um, yeah, uh, I do. You know, for for the most part, for what it is as a Star Wars story, there is some good stuff in there which I liked, and some characters and arcs in there which I enjoyed looking at. And I just wish that I had a little more of what I of what I wanted to see, honestly. Um, but yeah, and then uh, the whole comparison between Ray <laughs> and Luke thing. Uh, it, it takes, of course it does, it takes a lot from the, the sequel trilogy because then I, I'm not getting the sequel trilogy from its own right. Like, 
guys, this story, you know, this story, which we love, gosh, like, oh, wait, but what year even, did Return of Jedi come out in? What, uh, what 83. Return of Jedi come out? 83. 83. There yeah. we go. I was, I was going to say 85, but 83. Um, that coming out in 83, and you're still yeah. doing the same you still you still doing the crap? Yeah, I'm, I don't mean crap as in it's bad. I love it. I, I mean the same stuff. You know? Yeah, I, you're still doing the same stuff. She, like she the, even kissed her cousin at the end. All of the media. She she <laughs> even kissed her cousin the same way Luke kissed his sister. Like it's it's the exact. I mean, no, because there's an argument about there's there's cousin. seriously an argument to to Ben and and Ray being other. related. There's a serious there's a there's a serious debate there. You know, you know what I mean. Talking about, you know, if Palpatine created Anakin and he was the grandson of Anakin, and then Palpatine created uh, uh, him, and then he had, so I mean, and then he, they had Ray. So there's like a, a there's a cousinry there. You know what I mean? Like there's uh, yeah. technically Ray has got Luke's blood in her because he, every, all the clones were created from Luke's severed hand. So technically, like DNA wise, they're related. So they even kiss. There was even an, an inbreeding kiss. There was, I mean, there was even that. There was an incestual kiss. Like, it, it, everything about it. Like, it's happening again. The more I think about it, the more pissed off I get because it's. It, I'm finding more and more. So, yeah, no, I, 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 those are your details, Nick. That's why. That is why I hate Ray as a character. I just, she's copy and paste. Disney wanted a female Luke Skywalker, so they just made a female Luke Skywalker. That's exactly what just happened, so. And no, I mean your argument has has a lot of merit in it. I, I don't I, I don't mean about about, um, about the details, but you're also Brian is making here an argument that Ray's character arc is completely unoriginal, and therefore this character is a load of crock. Is basically what what you're saying, right? Uh, Ray as a character is yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So I mean, this is the thing that you know if you're making that argument. I personally, I, I do not want to be on the other side of that argument. Because me being a person who likes Ray uh, as a character on her own, no, I will not say that she's original. I will not say she's that her story's you know unfounded and really right. unique and stuff. No, it's not. It's not. It's pretty cool, but I mean, and it has. I mean, it's not entirely, absolutely, of course, similar because obviously, it's just it's just different circumstances because she's daughter of someone else and she's different. Sort of, uh, you know, she doesn't have a conflicted father that she's like. <gasps> He's my father, and I have to turn him back, and then right. she does, and whatever. No, no, no. This is not. This is not the same way. But at the same time, she's still um, almost beat for beat. Like you guys have taken this out of the same textbook just a few chapters back. So right, you're not even taking it out of like a different textbook and trying to copy paste or whatever. No, you're taking it out of the same textbook just a few chapters back. Yeah. So yeah, no, I completely yeah I understand that. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, the, the, you wanted details. There they are. That is why. I am not a fan of Ray as a character. And, and I don't know if you've noticed this. There are a lot of people online, and I don't really care about this, but there's a lot of people that are pissed off because she is like the front and center character on the on the Lego game at on the opening screen. And I'm like, it's, guys, it's a Lego game. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just like, I, at first I was like, I wanted to be mad about it, but I just don't have it in me to care. I was just like, it is what it is. I'm just going to have fun with the game. I don't care. So, um, but yeah, that is, that's where, that's my official stance on Ray. So, uh, guys, you know how I always say keep it civil. Keep it civil, but let us know in the comments what do you guys think of the similarities between Luke and Ray. Like I said, I know I got I have to say it because it's a Star Wars fandom, and you guys, you guys know how it is. Keep it civil, and uh, let us know your thoughts. 
Do you agree? Do you disagree? Why do you agree or disagree? Start the conversation below, and uh, I'd like to I'd like to see what you guys' thoughts are on uh, all of that. So, uh, Usif, is that everything? Yeah, I believe that is. I believe and, it is too. Um, we'd like to make sure that everybody you know who wants to get a question on the Star Wars Can Podcast, eleven thirty production specifically for Star Wars or uh, for Marvel Cast or for any topic you guys really want to talk about, because uh, you know we could uh, answer you directly and tell you about something else which you're interested in. Um, yeah, so yeah. please make sure that you do message us. Absolutely. Well. Uh, if that's it, then that should do it for this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us and hanging out for a little while this week, guys. We do appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, we're here every week talking about our favorite thing in the world on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, be sure to visit 1138productions.com, not only for this show, but for the Marvel cast also, and 1138 Gaming. Those videos are also uh, available on the website. If you'd like to support us and our content, please check out our Patreon uh, page it is patreon.com slash 1138productions and show us some love there uh, you'll also gain access to the exclusive content I talked about earlier the full reaction videos uh, that are coming soon uh, those will be available on there as a thank you for supporting us all of those links can be found in the description of this show uh, on whichever platform you're listening in on uh, and until next week guys this is Brian Anusov signing off keep it civil and may the force be with you <laughs>